What's cooking? Facts, lies, and everything nice. Welcome to Half Baked Science. We are Hao Zhi, Cheryl, Jean, and Suhana. We are here to serve you your weekly dose of all things psychology and pseudoscience, exclusively on Radio Pulse, the sound of NUS. Welcome back to Radio Pals, the sound of NUS. Uh, you're listening to episode 2 of Half Big Sign. I uh, hope you guys had a good week. And if you haven't heard our first episode, which is like our introduction, so if you find my voice um, kind of unfamiliar, go check it out. I'm pretty sure it's, it's on Spotify, yeah. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about MBTI. For those people who have uh, listened to our previous episode, you know that this is something we are really excited to talk about. I'm just going to start off with like asking Jean to introduce MBTI to us since she's the like she's a big MBTI fan. So oh, thank you for the introduction. And yes, Cheryl is correct. I am a very big MBTI fan. And if you haven't listened to our first episode, I did talk briefly about um how much I love MBTI. And yeah, you guys should tune in if you haven't listened. But yeah. Um MBTI basically stands for the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator and it's created by two psychologists, which is Myers and Briggs. And these two psychologists are actually inspired by um, this other like psychological test by Carl Jung, but that's a whole other test that we won't be talking about today. But yeah, MBTI is called the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator and it's basically like an introspective self-reported personality questionnaire to help you understand and... um. Yeah, help you understand like where you fit in and to give you all context, there's actually like 16 types of different personalities across four different domains. And this is actually one of the more credible like psychological tests because MBTI resembles a lot of psychological theories, but at the same time, it is criticized as a pseudoscience. So if you guys are not familiar with MBTI, listen up because I think you're in for a treat and at the end of this episode, you get to decide for yourself whether it's a pseudoscience or how much you think it how much how reliable you think it is but yes just now i talked about how there are four different domains of mbti so without further ado let's um let's hear the breakdown so first we have attitudes and attitudes is separated into introverted and extroverted and um this will be represented by e and i so an extroverted person um would usually draw their attention by being around people they like social interaction, they get energized when they talk and they speak to people, whereas an introverted person um, would much prefer to be alone. They recharge by spending time alone. They feel very drained when they're around people all the time and they just need to have that space and that separation from like socializing while like, extroverted people like to socialize a lot. And the next domain we have is perceiving, which is basically how we gather and interpret information about the world and how we make sense of it so the two types of the two types in the perceiving category will be s and n so s stands for sensing and n stands for intuition so if you are an s type which is a sensing type you prefer to make sense of the sense of the world based on your five based on your five senses which is as in like it's still in the name sensing so what this means is that you are someone that's very realistic you rely on concrete ideas, you rely on facts and data. You don't really look at the big picture. You prefer to zoom in and look at the details. You're meticulous and you take things as it is, which isn't a bad thing at all. 
Where on the other hand, if you're an N, which is um intuition, you rely a lot on your gut feeling. You rely on, let's say, um intuition and like feelings and ideas that come sort of out of nowhere. So you're not so heavily based on like concrete facts and ideas and you are open to looking at abstracts and you're also interested in the big picture. So S is um, detail-oriented, small picture, while N is idealistic, big picture person. Yep, so the third domain will be decision-making. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It's basically how you prefer to make the decisions in your life. And the first type will be T, which is the thinking type. So if you are a thinking type, you prefer to be, you generally approach decisions in a very rational and very analytical manner. You think about things in a very um, logical standpoint. You always look at logics, you look at facts, you look at data, and you basically think very rationally as compared to being swayed by your feelings and your emotions. And that would be the second type. So that would be the F, which is the feeling type. And if you fall under the feeling type, you prefer to be guided by how you feel. You um, base your decisions on how, what your gut tells you or what your heart tells you. So in another, another way to put it is your head versus your heart. So if you're a thinker, you rely a lot on your head. And if you are a feeler, you rely a lot on your heart. And last but not least, we have the lifestyle domain, which is how you prefer to run your life. And this is separated into the J and P. And the J means, the J stands for judging, but this actually means that you prefer to plan out your life very meticulously. You like, you feel, you take comfort in knowing that there's a plan in things. You are not very spontaneous. You prefer to know what's going on. Like for example, um, I'm a J. So before I go to sleep, I need to make sure what I'm doing the next day. Whereas I have friends who are P, which is perceiving. So they are a bit more spontaneous. They go with the flow they're okay with not knowing what's going on. So these kind of people, they will just wake up and decide on that morning, like, hmm, what should I do today? And then they'll decide on what to do. So yeah, these are the four domains. And in case you got lost, I'll just briefly talk about it again. So there's attitudes, which is extroverted versus introverted. And then there's perceiving. So it's sensing versus intuition. There is decision-making, thinking versus feeling. And last but not least, we have lifestyle, which is judging versus perceiving. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Jane, for that rundown. That was amazing. I was just like I looking at you. I know, but like the fact that you can remember the differences and like the nuances of each word, like amazing job. Thank you. Yeah. So any of you listeners, if you don't know your own MBTI or if you want to see if you want to do it, I think Jean gave an amazing summary. Um, and yeah, so like what are your all personal experiences with MBTI? Before this, had you all done your own individual ones or did you just do it? And what do you guys think about it? Um, I, I've been doing, I did the MBTI test like a while ago, but sometimes I do it again for fun, which is what my friends do. Like my friends, every time they do it, they'll post on their Instagram like <laughs> the changes. So for me, I used to be INFP, but recently when I do the test, I become, I'm like INFJ. So okay. yeah, I think I have like, I used to have this theory that is like INFP is who I actually am and INFJ is like how I'm like with others because I I like to be like the 大姐肉 uh, <laughs> I would say in English it's like I like to be like the mom friend so I like to be like the the, the planner yeah, the organized one like the how to say the reliable person so and I feel like having like having things planned out makes me more reliable in, in the eyes of my friends mm-hmm. 
Uh, but I would say now, because I I know I am not the mom friend, my other another friend who is the mom friend, and I can never be her. So I think it's more of like I I think that how life is like they kind of push you to, a bit towards the J, the J mm. like the yes. J side. So the funny thing is that if I remember correctly, that my J and P are like quite balanced. It's like 50, 40, that type. Or like mm-hmm. yeah, 51, 49, those type. And then uh I think it's like probably because I like to plan, but sometimes I'm okay with not. Like if my plan, if I don't go through with it, I'm okay. No, that is so crazy that you said that because I was going to say the same thing, like not the exact things, but like, so I did the test, like, I think like four years ago and I was ENFP um, and I've consistently gotten ENFP and I like completely understand it. And I think like it all makes sense, but the P has become like smaller and smaller as I'm getting older and it's like inching towards J. And I feel like if you tell, like, if you ask other people, like, especially like my parents and stuff, they're like, oh, you've become like so planned and so organized. Like in my friends' eyes, they think I'm like this uber planned person but when I first took the test like when I was like 16 17 I was like very like impromptu like woo but like like you said I feel like as time has gone by and like now we're like working or we're in university life just kind of forces you to become Jay like I don't want to be this like super perfect everything has to be perfect everything has to be planned person but it's a bit like what can you do like I don't know if you guys face this but like I don't know planning out modules planning out internships like I don't know. I just can't take life the way I used to take it when I was a kid. So I think I'm like inching towards Jay. So that is so crazy that you have the, the same feelings. But yeah, how what, what about yours? Right. So for myself, actually, the first time I was exposed to MBTI was in secondary school. They had one of those like, you know, like career kind of like guidance kind of courses. And the teacher was just like, hey, you know what? Come guys, let's find out your personality. So I did it for the first time. I actually got an ISFJ, which is Defender. So yeah, when I read the thing, right, it's super matched like whatever I felt was like a description of myself. So I was super drawn into it. So I started to like read more into it. As y'all said, so y'all kind of do it over the years, you know, to see whether you have changed. And actually, I did it like uh, sometime last year in around like October. Yeah. And then it actually changed to like uh, INFP. So I switched from a defender type to like an advocate. So yeah, the difference was like uh, the S and N, you know, like don't mention this now. It's how you gather and interpret information and like, yeah. So for sensing type, basically, I think I was a bit more like detail oriented in the past so like, I tend to focus on the minute details you know, uh, the final things are basically but then as you get older you tend to just kind of see how things link together so you kind of drift towards seeing the bigger picture of things but then the fun fact is because I knew we were doing this today right I was like okay you know what let's go and take the test again so I did it just now in the afternoon you got and something then, else. What? You went back to yeah, ISFJ. I went back to my oh first my one again. So, <laughs> so actually, you can kind of say it's pretty consistent the way that uh the results from the test. But the thing is, honestly, I don't know which one I am now because when I read both of them, they kind of make sense to me. Maybe yeah. like what Cheryl said, you know, like everyone has a different part of themselves that they show to themselves and their friends. So maybe alone, I'm like one of them, and like with other people, it's another. But the thing is, uh, two of those like uh personalities are actually pretty close to one another. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just whether. They're more detail oriented, or whether you're more big picture focused. But I think when it comes to things like this, it actually depends on the situation. Yeah. Because every situation is kind of different. So whatever you are doing at that moment, you might rely more on a certain form of information gathering. Yeah. So maybe that's how you kind of classify yourself into each personality type. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Okay. So, okay. I think unlike you guys, my personality or like my MBTI has always been pretty stable throughout my life so I first took the test when I was 
13 in my early teens and I got ENTJ which Ooh. is the commander and up until now I'm still an ENTJ so my MBTI has always been so stable but at the same time I'm not sure if it's like an experimental bias where mm. oh because you already have this perception of yourself it kind of skews the way you take the test it kind of like influences how you act or it's like a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy but yeah I'm not sure but Overall, I think my MBTI description is pretty accurate about myself, but there was like a certain point of time where I didn't really like it because I, when I was reading about like the strengths and weaknesses of my MBTI, I felt like the ENTJ was like a toxic, like no! a toxic MBTI. <laughs> no, <laughs> but yeah, and yeah, but I I really like um what you guys said about how like oh in different phases of your life or like when you put in different situations a different part of you comes out and that's why MBTI is reflected differently because I do feel like our personalities is an interaction between like your genetics and your environment yeah. which means like oh um just because you are born with this temperament or like just because you innately manifest this temperament doesn't mean that it's um not going to be susceptible to what you're going through so um what you have in your genetics what you have in your nature will still be influenced or still be changed based on what you're going through and like the situations that you're in. So yeah, I don't think that like personalities are always stable. I'm actually pretty surprised at how stable mine is. Cause I do <laughs> From hear age a lot 13. People, yeah. I do hear a lot of people saying that, oh, it's not accurate because it's always changing. But to me it's like, oh, but just because it's always changing doesn't mean that it's not accurate. Because yeah. You're, like, I feel like your base too. personality, I mean that might stay the same yeah I don't know if you guys have faced this but like maybe like in different parts of your life you have like different personalities in a sense like I don't know I feel like specifically for me like I feel like in the last year a lot of change had happened like I went on exchange and then I came back and I started an internship and these were all like very like adult moments in a sense like a lot of moments where I was just kind of alone or I had to kind of be more responsible so I could sense my like like even separate from MBTI I could just sense like my, my personality being a little different like when I interacted with people I was like oh this isn't like the Sohana that I know but then now that I'm back in like my normal routine life or like when I'm going out with my friends like you can see different personalities come out I don't know if you guys have had those thoughts but sometimes I'm just like I feel like I'm like five different people like no matter what situation I'm in like even in school like maybe you're super super focused when it comes to school and super planned and organized but then when it comes to like the rest of your life you're super impromptu and super just like in the moment and I don't know. I don't. I don't think everyone has like one type, like type A, or, or that's another thing. Like, are you type A, like that type of stuff? But yeah, <laughs> I just don't think everyone thing. has like one thing. Or even if you do, you have to have like sides of you that changes a little bit. I think like, um, even though my MBTI didn't change, the the percentages, the percentages shifted. Yeah. Yeah. So for those listeners who have no idea what we're talking about because you've never taken the test. Um, I would highly recommend for you to take the test but what we mean by percentages changing meaning that um, since all of these domains are a dichotomy so you're either this or that um, when you take the test and you get the results they usually tell you what percentage you are of both sides and based on the majority they will type you but yeah so um, I felt like my percentage of my attitude which is my extroverted versus introverted changed a lot so um, for those of you that don't know I'm actually Malaysian and I came to Singapore when I was 19 for uni. Yeah, so I, oh. back when I was in Malaysia, I was super, super extroverted. 
I was always like around people. I I love socializing. I love interacting. I love social social interactions. I was never drained by not Aww. having alone time. So my extroverted level was like so high. I think it was like seventy or eighty. Mm-hmm. But when I took the test, um, I think a year ago, uh, this was when I came to uni, and I realized that. My extrovertedness percentage dropped to like sixty or like fifty something, mm. and yeah, I think it's really because um when when you move abroad, you spend a lot of time alone, and mm. I guess like that's how it sort of like changed the way I coped and it changed me as a person also. So yeah, I think like situations do change like um who you are as a person, and that was like one of the situations situations that I thought of when Suhana was like sharing. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's very true. Actually, like uh, I picked up this book recently, right? It's actually called uh the ten different personalities. Uh. so but basically what it goes through is that like um uh, it's trying to show like more morality in a different light. So it kind of talks about how like people have ten di- there's like ten different personalities in each person, and when certain different situations come about, right? A certain personality is more dominant over the others. So a decision is actually like made from that personality. So like, I think one of it like just to give like a short example, right? So the first like. First chapter they actually talk about you know the railway track question, or whether you would pull yeah. a switch to kill one person or like five hundred people that kind of thing. So actually yeah they they say that um I can't remember the exact name of that personality type, but it was the one that like basically weighed uh how important like people are to you, based on like how well you know the person and things like that. So they say that for everyone is different because everyone has a different limit as to what they will consider like in terms of value of a person's life. So yeah, it's like, it just shows like different examples of how people can actually have different personalities within themselves, even though they, they might have one personality. Or like everyone seems to only have one personality, but actually deep within them yeah. there's many different layers. So when the opportunity comes for a certain layer to be more dominant than the other, certain decisions can be made using that personality. So it might be reflected in some of our MBTIs when we do them over the years. Mm-hmm. Some of the results may change, but ultimately, they're still quite similar to one another. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also like, um, our MBTI is not a measurement of our ability to do things. For example, like the T and the F, right? The thinking and the feeling. It's not a it's not really like a measurement of whether we have the ability to feel or like mm-hmm. we have the ability to think rationally because it's about what your dominant preference is. And in different situations, different dominant preferences will manifest themselves. So like don't this is why I always feel like this should be taken as a grain of with a grain of salt, yeah, like, it shouldn't be. You shouldn't let it like define you. You know, it's all fun and games. Don't take life so seriously. <laughs> on on that topic, so then, what do you guys think? Do you guys think it's pseudoscience? Hmm. Sort okay. So pseudoscience yeah. for me is a spectrum. So mm-hmm. some okay. things are like a hundred percent pseudoscience. Fake. Like horoscopes. No shade, no <laughs> to like horoscope readers. No shit, or like Ooh. parrot card reading. Okay, that might be a little sneak peek into the next couple yeah. of episodes. <laughs> so I think horoscopes are on the extreme end of pseudoscience, but yeah, in terms of personality and MBTI, I feel like it's somewhere in the lower range because the difference mm-hmm. between horoscopes and personality tests is that um for horoscopes they decide who you are based on like the timing or like the sun and moon alignment of when you were born, and that yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Whereas to me. For MBTI, yeah, so for MBTI, there is like an actual set of questionnaires that you have to do. So there is some form of like result basis conclusion as compared to just 
looking at your birth certificate and like telling you what kind of person you are. So I think yeah. it's pretty different. Yeah. I think it's more legit, like like you said about the questions. I just think that kind of gives you some form of basis because like even like for those listening, the questions are actual like real life scenarios like if you were put in this scenario how would you react and I don't think that that's a pseudoscience like okay you may not even consider it a science if you don't think like personalities and personality types are sciencey but I also think like when I did the questions it wasn't like you know sometimes you do those buzzfeed articles which are like oh would you rather have this or that and it's so obvious like you know if I press this that I'm going to be like kind of put it into that basket but I don't think the MBTI is that like obvious I think it's like quite like layered in a sense where you know, you, you have to think about what you would do, but you don't actually know what the answer is. Like, okay, yeah, maybe like, like in Gene, your scenario, if the questions are the same for the last like nine or 10 years, then you're a little like, okay, I know if I press this, I'm going to get this. But I think for like a first time person, it could be really insightful and also just like helpful. And which is why I don't think it's that fake. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, add on, right? Okay, MBTI, right, is also related to this thing called cognitive functions, right? So, and then, like, I would say the difference between, like, stuff like astrology, horoscopes versus MBTI is that horoscopes and everything, they're all like, trust me, bro. But, and then, and then they kind of, like, yeah. tell you what is going to happen, right? But for, for MBTI, real, it's, for like, real. it's low-key, like, you, it's, I don't know, it's not the, it's not the right word, but it's, like, self-selected, you know? Like, you know, like, observational study, you self-select, yeah. in a sense. So, you already know, you, like, you see the like the things and then you base it off what you yeah like, like your reaction you base it off yourself mm-hmm. versus horoscopes where like it's just this thing and you have you can't really compare it to what you really are you can't choose that like yeah oh, like for example i'm like some i'm an aries right but i'm obviously i don't feel like an aries then but they tell me all this type of thing exactly yeah, yeah i think as for me i kind of believe that I don't exactly think that it's super pseudoscience Because to me, anything that has a form of accuracy can actually be kind of legit. And in a sense, like you all mentioned, right? Actually, the questionnaire they give, they kind of judge you based off questions that you answer. It's not like, you know, oh, the universe was in this state when I was born, <laughs> so I was born to be this way, you know, that kind of fluffy stuff. But then again, you know, horoscopes also, like, yeah, some people might believe in it. And then it's a bit weird because when you look at it, right, horoscopes, they always phrase it as like, oh, you may be this way. Yeah, more likely it's not to definitive. Correct, correct. But for MBTI, it's like, it's just telling you, oh, yeah, this personality type. So you likely, very, very, very likely, it's going to be this way. And most of the time, you're like, hey, wait, actually, I'm this way because I did the questions and yeah, they reflect who I am as a personality. So yeah, yeah I guess it's pretty accurate. And yeah, pseudoscience or not, up to everyone, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I think like Cheryl, like similar to what you said, I think one difference specifically if we're taking like horoscopes and MBTI is I guess they kind of work backwards in the sense is like horoscope is like you start with a horoscope and then you see where it leads you. Whereas MBTI is like you have all these questions and then those filter down into forming one MBTI that you choose. And I also think like the 16 is quite like 16 is a good enough number to represent 7 billion people like in my opinion I don't think people are that different like 16 that's is like very, okay that's a very bold claim I know I mean like <laughs> I just feel like 16 is a good enough number to kind of section people off yeah, and of yeah. course like like Houcher said sometimes you're overlapping in two sometimes you feel like you're more dominant in one than the other but yeah I think like compared to a lot of the other personality tests which we will be also talking about so stay tuned <laughs> for the next weeks yeah, compared to all the other tests where they only have like maybe four or five 
I think like 16 is pretty good amount and like it's I feel like it's quite widely covered like the bases are all pretty like covered so that's also why MBTI is like my favorite um personality test is the one that I'm the most interested in as well but yeah and I think like on that note I think I'm just like wondering about whether you guys have any like experiences with trying to like trying to like guess the MBTS of your friends and like how that was for you whether you were accurate or like yeah like how was it like for you guys for me right I actually do guess right like and then <laughs> I think it's quite accurate like I don't need to like for some people I just look at them then I can guess like just by vibes like for example how should I just now like before we before like we start recording I was thinking right then I was thinking oh I think he's a I yeah a IS then like I I I allergic was an like ISFJ. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Like I was just thinking like, oh I think he's ISFJ, but maybe he might be like IN something something. Just like Yeah. I think but for like there's also this thing where how to say because everyone does the same test like we all pretty much use the same few websites to take the MBTI test, right? So we base it off the same thing. This which is why I feel like it's easier for me to like guess because I know that oh um well people like I know 16 personality says that uh, N is this type of people, J is this type of people, S is this type of people. So when I look at someone I can kinda of tell already. Yeah. yeah. What about y'all? Okay, so like for me, right, I find it a little bit hard to guess people's MBTI because I think 16 is a little bit too many to try to understand what people are. But then again, it's actually, yeah, like, some of them are very obvious. Like, whether someone, like, let's say you enter a room, right? Mm-hmm. When someone, like, whether you are, when people speak to you first or you go and speak to people first, it's kind of obvious whether they're extroverted or introverted. That's just, just one way to see it. Mm-hmm. And then also, I guess, um, I think, like, when it comes to experiencing, like, MBTI with people, like, you know the saying goes, like, birds of the same feathers will flock together. Mm-hmm. But then actually, right, I think it's kind of the opposite here when you do, like, MBTI. Because, like, um, it's... Like you all say, right, MBTI is like a dichotomy. So, like, if you're either one or the other, right? So, let's say I'm an introverted person. In a sense, I would like to look for, like, extroverted people more because it's easier for me to interact with them, right? Because it's mm. like, in a sense, it's like, I don't have to put in that much effort because you, you yourself know, like, what kind of person you are. So, you tend right. to look for the other person that will give you, like, less obstacles, you know, mm-hmm. to try to com- complete your objective, something like that. So, yeah. But then, I think in my own experience, right, I'm, I usually, like, for me, that's the case. I tend to like work better with people who are like uh, opposite of my MBTI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that's only for like the first domain, which is like whether it's introverted or extroverted. But then for the other three, right? Usually they're the same. So yeah. usually like the people that I click the best with are like those that are like uh, ENFP or like, mm-hmm. yeah, ESTJ, that kind of thing. So I guess it really depends on like uh, what kind of interactions they are looking for also. But I think yeah. for me personally, I tend to gravitate towards like opposites yeah that's interesting yeah I think that's really interesting that you said how um, opposites attract because that's completely different as compared to like what I thought you know because mm. when, when you said like oh if um if you're an introvert you would look for extroverted people to talk to and hang out with because you don't need to for example feel the burden of carrying the conversation or like something like that right but I always had this assumption or my perspective is that um, if I'm introverted, I would look for other introverts to hang out with, so I don't need to be drained by like yeah. the energy that comes with extroverts. Or I'm an, if I'm an extrovert, I would look for other extroverts to hang out with because I know that they can match my energy and they can um they can match like 
like the energy level yeah, and I don't need to feel out. bad. Yeah, I don't need to feel bad that I'm like talking too much or like wanting to do too many things that an introvert. Yeah. And when it comes to like meeting my friends, um I don't really see like a pattern as to like which kind of MBTIs I get mm-hmm. along with the most. But one thing that I like one pattern that I see, and this might also be like a confirmation bias, is that I generally get along quite well with INFPs. Oh, okay. I think this is a confirmation bias because number one, INFPs are very common. I think that there's a lot of INFPs around. And second of all, I think INFPs objectively are just very easy to get along with. So it People, might not yeah. be a thing. It's just like, they're just easy to get along with because they're very agreeable. They're very... Um, friendly just like kind so, people yeah yeah and um lastly I think it's it might be because um my oldest sister is an INFP and we are very very close like I'm very close to my oldest sister even though our MBTS are quite different so um she's an INFP I am an ENTJ so mm-hmm. the only domain that we share is the perceiving domain which is that we are both intuitive and every all else we are different so Opposite, huh? maybe this is like definitely some form of like psychoanalysis, but maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I get along with INFPs because they somewhat remind me of my older sister and I need that sense of like familiarity. I don't so know. Sweet. I think this is pseudoscience. <laughs> now it's it's pushing a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but like I agree. Like even from the four of us, it's evident that like we all have very different perceptions of like what our friend group is like like I don't think I have ever thought about my friend groups MBTI like ever which is like kind of weird because like now that I'm thinking about it like I've thought about my own quite often so I don't know why I haven't had this discussion with my friends but I think like like I took psychology in high school so I like was into it but none most of my other friends didn't so this kind of never came up but I mean if I had to break it down I think each of my friends would be quite different And I think, like, one of the reasons is, like, the one thing of that, like, you know, it kind of makes, like, a well-rounded circle. Like, everybody has something to bring to the table. Like, like so many times when we're planning trips, like, there's a few of us who are the planners. There's a few of us who, like, calm the others down. Like, it's, like, a good balance. But I also think, like, with regards to MBTI, I think it's a very personal thing, in my opinion. Like, when I think about MBTI, I think about, like, how I come to problems, how I treat issues, rather than, like, how I have my friends and how like my life goes like the only thing I think about is because like my dad is a business coach like he's in the whole like coaching people psychology like that type of world and I remember in high school he made my entire family do the MBTI and it was so nice because like all three like my sister and my parents um, were the J whereas I was the P so whenever like things would happen that like I was disorganized or I was like unplanned my dad would be like guys 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 it's because she's a P like it was like a very nice like way for me to get out of things because my dad just kind of stood up for me so in one sense I think like that like in that way it's helpful to know like who like the people around you like what their thing is because you understand like oh you know this person is gonna do it at the last minute or oh this person is gonna think with their heart but I also think like you shouldn't only break it down to that like there's like you should just think about who the person is as is regardless of because I think like like Jean said like it could become a confirmation bias like if you think like oh the person I'm working with they're super super planned like you're gonna constantly like associate them like oh because they're they're a J like they're constantly gonna be planned but like maybe maybe not in that scenario yeah and I also feel like um but just now you talked about how like oh you had this experience where you were the only P in your family and then you're that said that oh she's just she's this is this is this because she's a p i feel like it's also 
it's not fair to use MBTI as an excuse for your yeah. behavior. So let's say like I'm a T. I, I'm quite a strong like thinker as compared to a healer, but let if we get in, if my friends and I get into an argument and I'm too quick to say hard yeah. things instead of like acknowledging their feelings, it's not right for me to say like you can't blame me for saying that I'm a T. I'm a sorry. Thinker. Yeah, so like you can't use you can't like abuse yeah this you know yeah i think that's one of the biggest criticisms of mbti or just of personality types overall because like people don't like some people don't agree with the evidence some people don't agree with the backing and then they don't want it to become like a precedent they don't want it to become like everybody constantly like associates oh this is their mbti and like like you said like they make excuses for it so i think that's like one of the reasons why people are a little apprehensive of making this type of stuff like legitimized yeah i just like it it just shouldn't be used as a cop-out to justify, like, your wrong behaviours. Yeah. So that's why I always take it as a, with a grain of salt. Don't let it define who you are. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And in our next episode, we're going to be talking about more personality types. So we can see which one's more legit and where MBTI falls on the scale. So I think this concludes, like, our very, uh, I would say, our very, like, intense discussion on MBTI. Um, as Suana said, we'll be going into more types. Uh, just to spoil a bit, I think we were, we talked about what Enneagram, I hope I pronounced it correctly, and then there's what Big Five, which we've also mentioned in episode one. Hope y'all tune in again next week for more uh, personality test stuff, more pseudoscience stuff, and like half baked science in general. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. See you guys. Thank you.